Mark Azoulay is an industry leader in psychotherapy and men's mental health. He's helped countless guys get back on their feet, deepen their relationships, and excel in their lives. Now he's taken all that he has learned and is sharing it with you. In each episode, Mark will interview an expert in the field of masculinity and men's work. We'll cover topics such as emotional intelligence, masculine identity, anger management, financial health, trauma recovery, marriage and divorce, ethics, and spirituality. Tune in and become a better man. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I'm here with Bodie Aldridge, and he is a coach, a facilitator, and the co-author of a book called The Visionary Male Leader. He also hosts a podcast called True Freedom. Definitely check it out. It's phenomenal. And I would love to talk to Bodie about male leadership. Um, I love that you bring in both masculine and feminine energy. It's something that is weirdly taboo right now, but something that I think needs to get talked about. So Bodie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. I um I do find that it's, you know, in some ways a sensitive subject, yet like a lot of things, if we don't name it and explore it, we're not going to reveal the possibility. Exactly. Yeah. And something I always like to say before we get into these binaries, right, for our audience is, you know, gender is not dependent on sex, right? So you can have a masculine woman and a feminine man. But I do think these energies go all the way back through mythology and ancient wisdom and history. And like, to discard that seems like a, a waste. I mean, it seems really foolish, because there's a lot of wisdom connected to this, this polarity. Yeah, all traditional cultures knew that the polarity existed and you know all scientists you know the north and south pole it's it's all about the polarity you know so it's yeah these energies these currents are running for sure absolutely so we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that but first i want to hear about you Bodhi. so can you share a little bit about your story how you got into this work and kind of your journey with masculinity yeah thank you and you know i talk a lot about the hero's journey and you know my personal journey i guess was, you know, finding the scaffolding for myself as a man and not having many role models like a lot of our listeners. You know, my parents separated when I was seven and whilst I have a relationship with my father, he left and, you know, it wasn't a close relationship. So suddenly, you know, as a little boy, you know, it's like, what is it to be a man? And I guess we kind of make it up as we go. Um, you know, for me, you know, all of the dysfunction, all of the, you know, thinking I had to look after mum, thinking I had to control the world to feel safe, you know, all of those classical patterns that most of uh, most of us develop as little people. Um, it really surfaced, you know, my wife and I have been together um, 40 years, married over 40 years. And, you know, when, when we got married and had children, um, I suddenly realised that, okay, I don't really know what it is to be a husband or a father. <laughs> and... Fortunately, my wife was very supportive. So I think I just started to dive into my own personal development, you know, doing doing some work on myself, inquiry. And that's been a lifelong thread. Yeah. Like, and, you know, we can explore more of the twists and turns in that. But that was kind of the, the inquiry started when I got married and became a father and when I have had no role models here. Yeah, let's talk more about that, right? Because I think for a lot of guys, that is when it gets real. And once you form that nuclear family and there is a masculine and a feminine presence in the house, and it's like, oh my God, what do I want to pass down to my kid? You know, all that stuff comes into sharp contrast of what you learned growing up or didn't learn, the holes. Um, so I'm wondering, is there is there a story or something that encapsulates some of that initial kind of shock of like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing here? <laughs> well, I think on the hero's journey and 
you know, a big part of the completion of the hero's journey is our relationship with our feminine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. And there are certain rites of passages that um, traditional cultures had around that. And so I think the biggest shock, Mark, and for your listeners, was my only version of the feminine really until I got married was my mother. And in the hero's journey, there are two dysfunctions that we have with our mother, as much as we love our mother and all the nurturing. So one is the mother complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ultimately, for a lot of men, they've never come out of their mother's shadow in a way. You know, they've never learned what it is to be a man, take responsibility. You know, they've been over-mothered or smothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second is because, and this is my personal experience, the only representation I had of the feminine was my mother. I projected all of that onto my wife. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought this is the way the feminine does things. This is the way it should be, uh, quote, unquote. And, of course, this created incredible tension for my wife going, I'm not your mother. You know, <laughs> it's like go and sort that out. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a real touch of a coach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I- I'm curious. Um, are you a Robert Bly fan? Uh, have you read? Have you read? Yeah. Iron John? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, love the Robert Bly, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. for our listeners out there, Iron John, great book, talks a lot about this, right? This idea of like stealing the key. So there's this whole story, right, of, of this prince that, you know, grows up. It's one of the only Grimm's fairy tales about men, right? Most are about women, you know, Snow White, C- Cinderella, Tinkerbell, right? All those people, right? But this one's like, you have to steal the key underneath your mother's pillow. And it talks about this individuation of breaking yourself free from a cage, Right, that the mother mm-hmm. can often create. And again, it's that smothering. I mean, it, it comes from yep. love, but ultimately, I think all men need to separate from their mother, whether it be physically, emotionally, or spiritually, so they can interact with, with a woman, right, versus a mom, which is a very different type of feminine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think any of the parents listening, you know, it really is important to prepare your boys for this transition have awareness you know i've got four children and 10 grandchildren and you know i've seen and supported that journey and i think it is one of the fundamental you know we have the father wound which is another conversation but that mother individuation as you say is so important yeah so let's continue your story right so you projected that stuff all over your wife which a lot of us do right Um, (laughs) you know very common i'm curious like what are some of the things that you really had to shed and some things you had to replace it with, right? Some of the like grow up, level up lessons you had to learn along the way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as you say, with the grow up, level up, if you think about the different um, lines of development, you know, and typically, I think for me, there was always a deep inquiry into, you know, I'm very connected to nature. There was an inquiry that there's something bigger going on. Yeah, and so I guess that was kind of the waking up And one of the practices I really developed was, you know, I've been practicing yoga for, you know, over 25 years regularly. And that just allowed me, it was a great tool for me to kind of still the mind, start to connect with that. And then, you know, again, on the journey, the cleanup stuff, you know, which I know you do and work with a lot of men, you know, like you've got to do the shadow work. You know, however you do that, there's amazing practitioners out there, you know. And on the hero's journey, once you hear the call and listen to the call... (laughs) Yeah, you've got to face your dragons. 
Yeah, so I did a lot of deep dive around whether it was men's work, whether it was therapy, whether it was feelings release, breath work, you know, all the different modalities of really the cleanup. You know, yeah. You've got, to do, you've got to do that, you know. I like that you have that yoga background. I see, you know, in the background of your camera, you got a lot of uh, Hindi and, and Buddhist iconography. And I love to hear your journey from the body sense, because I think a lot of guys kind of neglect the body piece and then neglect how trauma can be held in the body or how feelings can be held in the body. And I'm just curious if that was part of your journey as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all of the traditional cultures knew, whether it was through yoga, qigong, martial arts, um, tai chi, that one of the keys on the hero's journey is we have to learn how to withdraw the senses. Mm-hmm. So we're in a very external, oversensitive world, you know, our eyes and the noise and things. And so what yoga does fundamentally, even though there's an incredible physical element, what it's helping you do is come within. Yeah. And when you come within, you start to realize that we are an energetic packet. We are an energetic field. And again, you know, Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, a lot of the the current breath work and things like that that men are leaning into, you start to realize um, that I I am an energetic field and I am a physical body and I store both my emotional repression, you know, my trauma, whatever level of trauma, my samskara, as they say in yoga, all of the memories and experiences. Yeah, they're all stored in our body. They're all stored in our energetic field. And in the deep work, as you say, around the cleanup in particular, is how can I basically recalibrate my physical body and my energetic body to its natural state? That's why nature is so powerful. Mm-hmm. When we're, you, you live near nature, when we're in nature, yeah, we know the energetic vibration of nature is our natural state. Yeah, and so that's why um, the yoga, the body work, the energetic work, withdrawing. And it's fascinating with the energy work that drives yoga. So you see a lot of good practitioners, yet as you go deeper into yoga, as you go deeper into withdrawal of the senses, um, you really get connected with the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, you know, martial artists knew this, you know, the whole... Don Tien, the power center, you know, the, the karate guys that break all the bricks and things, you know, they're not doing that physically. You know, there's an energetic center in our belly, the Hara, the Don Tien, yep, whatever you want to call it, that is so powerful, so powerful. I know, it's like a, it's a dynamo, right? It's a real engine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I think like to highlight what you're saying, I think a lot of men, we're really good at creating and building, but we're not very good at releasing. And a lot of my journey with yoga and with meditation and with, you know, some psychedelic and ritual work, it's been about releasing and surrendering, whether that be, you know, crying my eyes out, right, or screaming or shaking and twitching, right, really having like an energetic release that, um, you know, for listeners out there, like, that's masculine too, you know, I mean, the way I like to frame it, it's like, you know, you got to have deep roots to have long branches and letting your roots run deep is this energetic work that Bodhi's talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're drawn as men. If you think of the masculine and feminine energy, the masculine energy is all about agency, autonomy, strategy, linear. And so we're drawn to high adventure when we go outdoors. We want to climb the mountain. We want to surf the biggest wave. And and I love all of that. And one of the keys to the integrated masculine is receptivity. Mm -hmm. It's the gold. 
if you can really understand how to be receptive, and it's in the book I wrote, you know, the the visionary male leaders, because receptivity, yep, yeah, is such a powerful quality to be able to receive life, to be able to receive love, to be able to receive connection with your children, with your beloved. And it's not a, a conditioned state for a lot of men. We're more push energy. We're more out there energy instead of realizing that integrated masculine yep, is both. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to I go back to your story, right? So you you have the wake up call when you become a father, right? Then you're doing all yeah. this deep work, spiritual work, yogic work, you know, shadow work. Then you decide to pivot and focus on leaders. Can you say a little bit about that of, of what, how your career grew? Yeah, yeah. It was fascinating. Um, so, like uh, a lot of the listeners, probably, I, you know, single mom, I did well at school and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And mom said, go and become an attorney. Mm -hmm. So, the first 20 years of my life, I was an attorney. I moved from corporate law to a smaller practice. And in my late 30s, I'd always had this calling and this whispering that there's something more. Yep. And I do a lot of work with men around purpose and meaning. And so, you know, the way purpose reveals itself, I um, I got a business coach into my legal practice and she pretty quickly said, you're not that passionate about being a lawyer, are you? And it was like, mm, you know, I kind of did it. It was good. I had four children, you know, paid the mortgage. And so that was a fundamental transition, Mark. I, uh, she said, let's come and join me. She said, come and train with me. Let's sell the legal practice. And that, you know, just over 20 years ago was the real transition into the leadership work. You know, all of my skills as an attorney, yep, all of my, um, you know, skills in getting through college, all my personal development skills, my spiritual development skills, my relational skills, you know, with my wife, parenting, all of that, I realized so many men in leadership were, were yearning that. And one of the privileges I've had is to walk into boardrooms around the globe and be comfortable talking to men um, and I work a lot with men who run their own businesses I work a lot with you know guys who are builders architects engineers lawyers who have this same calling yeah but I call that leadership 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 is influence yeah yeah and there's something like when you speak to that to the right man it gets him excited right it gets like that fire going um, because there is something I think that you're touching on that's so ancient so primal so core to our being um, about you know, building and, and seeking purpose. And, and like you said, going on that hero's journey, going on that quest. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, that whisper, you know, that calling any of the listeners, you know, it, and I think, you know, COVID, as we know, the great invitation and the great reflection, I think a lot of people are going, yeah, what is, there's more, there's something more here. And you don't have to understand it intellectually. You've just got to lean into it experientially. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the hero's journey is a great metaphor for that. I use that in my practice all the time. Right. I think yeah. guys like we're programmed to, to just love that. Right. Like leaving the town, going to the underworld, fighting the dragon, getting the treasure, coming back, marrying the princess. Right. I mean, that's just, that's what we're all about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the contemporary journey, you know, because, you know, as householders married with children, you're still on your hero's journey, you know? Yeah. yeah. And not, I think and like, not, well, I'll just say, I think the thing is like the dragons are internal now, which is what I hear you talking about, right? It's not so much like fighting a bear to survive. It's more about fighting like our mother wound or our father wound or our addiction or our loneliness, right? Like those are the dragons. Exactly. You know, the Luke Skywalker, the, the Walker, the solo hero is actually not necessarily 
how most of us experience it. You know, it's it's really about that internal work, definitely. Yeah, so we're going to move to our first commercial break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about the hero's journey, uh, more about your work and what you can bring to leaders, whether they be, you know, small business leaders, big business leaders, fathers, whatever, right? Um, and you had a couple of ideas about connection with self um, that you want to talk about as well. So we got a lot on the docket for you all. So hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Men's Therapy Online is now accepting new members. Men's Therapy Online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression, positive role models, and access to meaningful milestone experiences. In our post-COVID world, loneliness is at an all-time high. Men need consistent community. Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalay. To reach the show today, please call. 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Boldy Aldridge, and we're talking about masculine leadership, uh, specifically visionary male leadership, which is Bodhi's book. So, Bodhi, we, we left our listeners here talking about the hero's journey and specifically the contemporary hero's journey, which as know is something that you really specialize in. I'd be curious if you could just define that for the listeners. How do you, how do you modernize the hero's journey to what <laughs> the current man is going through today? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. So if you think about the archetype and the archetypal journey of the, the hero and you know, the reality that we get to create the whole of our lives, um, 
what happens in contemporary society, particularly in the Western society, in our 20s, the fundamental driver for the masculine is the search for freedom. Yeah, the fundamental drive for the feminine is the search for connection. Yeah, and so as men, we look for freedom outside of ourselves. Yeah, we go, you know, trekking, we go surf trips, we go to India, you know, we go partying and things like that. So in the classic hero's journey, there's a point in the journey yeah, when firstly you resist the call and in mythology we're closest to the grail at about 16 as men. So for a lot of listeners, that's the existential crisis, the questioning. Yep, we don't hear the call. Then we just go into our 20s, college, partying, travel. And so the contemporary journey is there's a point when a lot of men hear the call and wake up. You know, and if you look at late 20s, early 30s, that can be a pivotal time. And so that's the first part of the journey. Once we wake up and hear the call, yep, then we've got to face the shadow. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it's not the metaphorical dragons are the inner work, you know, all of the great work that's happening there. So any of the listeners, it's like it's about doing the work. You can do the, you know, you practice your meditation, your yoga, but it's also doing the cleanup stuff. Mm-hmm. What happens then on their contemporary hero's journey, which, again, we've lost a lot in Western culture, is the rites of passage. Mm-hmm. So the hero had to get initiated into the different realms yep in the celtic traditions you know the knight you know had to be initiated yep had to be accepted and so there's some great rites of passage work out there yet it's often missed because our rites of passage is you know you turn 21 you can drink alcohol and you go and party that's about it yeah and then yeah that's it and then the other the next step in the hero's journey yep so you've got the you've got the growing up and if you look at the beautiful work of the integral work um, you've also then got the showing up. How do I show up as a man? Who am I as a man in my marriage, in my business, as a father? So you've got the the wake up, the clean up, yeah, the grow up, the show up. <laughs> and in that, you touch the grail. If you're doing the deep work, you t- and tr- true freedom lives within us. It's our natural state. Yeah. And then when you touch the grail, it's about bringing your gifts to the world. <laughs> These are the questions around purpose, about fully expressing ourselves. Yeah. And this is the opening up. This is when we move into that act of surrender. Yeah. And, you know, working with clients all around the world, it's not about leaving your job. It's not about leaving your marriage. It's not about going anywhere necessarily. The hero's journey is an inside-out process. Leadership is an inside-out process. Yep, how do I do the self-inquiry? What support do I need from other men, from mentors, from guides to be the best version of myself? <laughs> That's really well said. I, I love that, right? And it's like, just to kind of add a little spice to it, I mean, a couple things I always like to talk with my guides about is every hero, right? Like their trauma becomes their superpower, right? All the way from Achilles, all the way up to, you know, Captain America, right? So doing that deep work, figuring out how we were wounded and healing that means that we can then offer that to the world, right? We can give them like the golden fleece. I think that's really powerful. Um, And the last part you say, which is where I want to pivot to is i was looking up um you probably know this but the the etymology of hero the word hero right like it's often mistranslated as the strength of two men right you're like super strong your strength of two men but really it's the strength for two men 
right? Yeah. The idea that the hero has so much strength, they can give it to their fellow man, give it to another person. Um, so I really yeah. like that last part that you talk about, which I think is not as not as talked about, which like the integration, right? Everyone wants to focus on the demons and the dragons and the journey to the underworld, but none of people talk about the integration, bringing it back to community. So I'm curious yeah. your thoughts on that and how you help guys do that. Exactly, you know, and this purpose question, because a lot of people, again, purpose reveals itself. It's an inside-out experience. So a lot of people think, if, I, if what am I here for? If I, What am I going to do if I grow up? Mm-hmm. And it, it's external, you know. We think, I've got to go and do this. I've got to go and build wells in Africa, or I've got to go and, you know, that might well be the case, yet it's the internal piece. You know, and the two men piece, you know, I love, you know, I was on a podcast recently where it was like the three most important men in your life yeah, is your, your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, your relationship with your closest friend, yeah, and your relationship with your mentor or your elder, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, that's a big part of the hero's journey. You know, you've got to have community and connection. Men learn around the campfire with other men. Yeah. So any of the listeners, there's so many communities now of men who are doing the work. You know, when I run my programs, you know, which are both online and face-to-face, you know, we do a lot of work around the connection and community and support and, you know, being witnessed and held, you know, because my experience, Mark, is I, I, it's not that men aren't willing to be vulnerable. It's that men need to feel safe to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. something that's really lost. I mean, some of the work, of course, I do as well. But this idea of like the men's lodge has been lost, right? I mean, through all culture, right? Like the men would go out and yeah, we'd be separate during the day. We'd be hunting or building or farming or what have you. But then we'd gather, right? We would gather and we would talk and we would just connect and we would support each other and we would help make the community better. And I think like that got replaced with the bar, which adds alcohol, yeah. element, right? And then it got replaced by the church. And now with, you know, kind of that stuff breaking down in its own way, a lot of men really don't have community. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. epidemic of male loneliness where most men, you know, that 60% of men say they have zero friends. That's crazy. Wow. That's yeah. crazy, right? Like yeah. they don't have friends that would help them in need. Um, and I think, you know, you're really trying to, to help that, to fix that epidemic, because I do think men need each other and it doesn't make us weaker. It makes us stronger, Right. Yeah, you you know, you can't do it on your own, you know, and it's fascinating, you know, working with a client recently who's, you know, done a fair bit of work on himself and he he was saying how what a struggle it was for him to ask for help. All of the shame and the guilt and the weakness and I'm supposed to be able to deal with this and all of the, you know, conditioning that we've had, yet you know, it's fascinating if you think about your children, like the first thing you want them to do is to be able to ask for help with something. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk more about the barriers? Because I, I think like, this is my own view, right? I think a lot of men are ignoring the call, right? Like, yep. I know that's part of the process, but I know men and I work with men in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, even their 50s, where they're, they ignore the call. And I think a lot of that is we're being conditioned to ignore the call, right? There's a lot of distraction, social media, drugs, alcohol, what have you, right? That like yeah. really blunt us to that call. Um, but I think there's a yeah. lot of barriers where a lot of men are really struggling growing up. I'm curious if you, if you see that too and what some of the barriers you see are. Yeah, I mean, most of the clients I work with, you know, they have this feeling that their life is on autopilot. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just going through the motions. And 
you know, whilst they may be providing for their family, they may, you know, be able to go and, you know, have a have a drink with their friends and maybe do some exercise or go to the gym. Yeah, they know there's something more. Yet it's fascinating with the psyche of the masculine because it's it's almost as if weakness yeah, the perception of weakness is so ingrained, yeah, that if I don't have my shit together, excuse the language, if I if I don't hold this together, yeah, I'm gonna lose it all. And and particularly the fathers and husbands in the in the audience, we put so much pressure on ourselves to hold it all together. Yeah, we think we've got to hold the family together, ourselves together, and things like that. And if you think about the journey from distraction to presence, which is one of my primary courses that I teach, as you mentioned, we are so good at distracting ourselves from being present. Yeah, we'll work harder, we'll train harder, we'll drink harder, we'll eat harder, whatever it is. And so fundamentally, we're just distracting ourselves so we don't really connect and listen to the call. Yeah. And then we just end up like lonely and lost, right. And stuck in a, in a haze, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. It, it, it does make me sad of like, there's so much resistance to growing up and there's some resistance for men taking on responsibility. And like you said, getting into community and it's, it's wild how that got lost. Cause you know, when I think of men, like we are, we work better in teams, right? You look at sports or mm. squads in the, in the military, right. Or hunting parties, right? Like we've always been a group social animal and it seems like in this past couple generations it's been so isolating and we not only forgot what that was but like you said we're afraid of it we're afraid of being part of a group we're afraid of joining with other men yeah you know my personal mantra is don't die with the music in you Hmm. and when i work with clients and any of the listeners it's like you know you have a song to sing (laughs) one of the things with purpose Mark, is that if the world is an orchestra, yeah, all of the different people playing in the orchestra, there is one note that is you. Just play that note. Yeah, just play that as well as you can and express yourself. And and that, as as we've been talking about, that calling is there. There are lots of ways to get support these days. You know, the work you're doing, the work I'm doing. It's just the willingness to listen to the call. And what I'm noticing as well is so many, um, so much of the feminine, particularly in marriages, you know, and certainly this was my experience is, you know, my wife just kept calling me forth. She's like, there's a bigger version of you. There's a, there's a healthier version of you. So any, any of the listeners who are, any of the women listening who are married, um, heteronormal, um, support your men, support your men to step up. They just want to feel safe. They just want to feel safe. Yeah. Let's talk more about that because I know a lot of your work is around masculine and feminine dynamics in the workplace. And I think it's yeah. it's a great pivot to talk about the harmony between those two sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, the masculine and feminine lives within in all of us. Yeah. It's just that a lot of men are more in their masculine, a lot of women are more in their feminine. And when I teach leadership, whether you're running your own business, whether you're running, you know, a boardroom with, you know, 10,000 employees, what we know, the future of male leadership, yeah, and I'm running some courses in Europe on this, is the two keys to leadership. And my simple definition of leadership is influence. Like we are all leaders yeah, whether we're leading in our community, our business, our family, 
And the two keys to leadership are connection and direction. And that's all, you know, working with staff, you know, employees around the world, all they want is I just want to feel connection with my leader, with my line manager, with my CEO, and I just want clarity of direction. Yep, and connection is the driver of the feminine in us, mm-hmm. and direction is the driver in the masculine. Yeah, direction's all about action, agency. Connection's all about collaboration, those things. And so when I work with leaders, yep, yeah, particularly male leaders, how do I embrace both? How do I connect with myself and my team? Yeah, and we see this in sports. The most powerful coaches and and captains have a connection, and then how do I lead them to, with direction? What's the expectation? What do I expect of them? Because a lot of staff say the goalposts keep moving, mm-hmm. and so for me, that's the beautiful thread of the masculine, feminine, the future of leadership, the future of how we structure our organisations is embracing those. Yeah, and what I'm hearing in your words that I want to add is like this idea of transparency and authenticity, which I think specifically younger generations, millennials and Gen Z really need in the workplace, which I think older generations didn't. It was more kind of like task oriented, but this like trust is becoming such a big thing. And I think it's calling a lot of leaders to be leaders in every facet of their lives. It's not enough just to like kind of play act or put on the mask, right? To be a true leader is to be a leader all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and yeah, through connection with self and connection with other, you build trust, you build authenticity, you build, you know, vulnerability, transparency. Yeah. And that's just through your practice. Again, connection, you know, and for a lot of the listeners, just get more in nature. (laughs) Connect with yourself. Get quiet reflection. If you can't get near nature, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day in reflection, contemplation, prayer, meditation, yoga, you know, really get to know yourself. Yeah, that's the key, that connection with self. Absolutely. Yeah, and like loving yourself, being your own best friend, really get to know yourself and know that you have a lot to offer. Um, Because yeah, like imposter syndrome is running rampant these days because I think people don't have that connection and they feel empty on the inside. So they feel like that everyone can see that. (laughs) They can see that they're just lying their way to the top, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and our thinking mind is an overload. That's why I do a lot of work around presence. Yeah, because we have, you know, 80,000 thoughts a day, most of them are negative. That not good enough inner critic imposter syndrome is running the show. We've got this overstimulus of our thinking mind instead of getting present in our bodies. Yeah, there's shame everywhere. Um, So we're going to move to our next commercial break. When we come back, Bodhi, we're going to talk about how you, the listener, can do some of these practices. Bodhi's going to share some introspection, some exercises, some things that you can help to tap into your inner masculinity and start to become that visionary male leader. Um, So hang on in there and you'll get those on the other side of the commercial break. and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you men's therapy online is now accepting new members men's therapy online offers a solution to the lack of outlets for emotional expression positive role models and access to meaningful milestone experiences in our post-covid world loneliness is at an all-time high men need consistent community 
Our society is rapidly changing. Old models of masculinity are falling at the task of promoting emotional intelligence and meaningful connection. Men's Therapy Online offers tools and experiences designed to help the man who is struggling to balance traditional male roles and emotional fluidity. Whether you need to get back on your feet or take your life to the next level, Men's Therapy Online has your back. We help our members become a true 21st century man. A man who is not burdened by the rapid change of society, but who contributes to it honorably. If you're interested in signing up and finding your band of brothers, go to menstherapy.online to learn more. That's menstherapy.online. Start your journey today. Food Forward, Nourishing the World is a captivating and thought-provoking show dedicated to exploring the fascinating and ever-evolving world of food and its future. Each week, we delve into various aspects of the food industry, culinary trends, cutting-edge technologies, sustainable practices, and innovative solutions that are shaping the way we produce, consume, and interact with food. Food Forward with your host, Alan Weiner, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to the Men's Therapy Podcast with Mark Azalay. To reach the show today, please call 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Or send an email to podcast at menstherapy.online or visit www.menstherapypodcast.com. Now, back to the Men's Therapy Podcast. Welcome back to the show. So, Bodhi, we were talking about how guys can you know, embrace the inner hero or become visionary leaders, take the next step. And I just wanted to pause because I'm sure a lot of men that are listening might feel intimidated by that. I, I know I did. When I was doing my journey, I was like, oh my God, that's a lot. I have a fear of commitment. I have a fear of responsibility. What if I fail? You know, it, it can be really scary to try to take on this mantle. Um, so before we dive into, you know, concrete takeaways, I'm curious, what would you say to, to that to that guy, the guy who feels a little bit stuck, the guy that needs some inspiration or some motivation or just the reason why? Like, why to even do any of this? Um, how yeah, would you talk yeah. Guy? Well, we know that change comes from inspiration or desperation. And we know on the hero's journey, we're closest to the grail yep, at 16 and at 45. Mm-hmm. And the midlife crisis is actually an external expression of the internal pain, however you want to language it, or calling. And so my invitation to any of the listeners is, instead of waiting for desperation, illness, divorce, bankruptcy, (laughs) be inspired, be inspired. And just make small moves. You know, working with flow states, you know, I work a lot with presence and flow. It's like if if I can make 2% shift today, yeah, what could I what could I shift? Ultimately, in flow states, if you can make a four percent shift every day, you're going to make a huge change. So, what's one little pattern you can change today? Yeah, and I would say it again. It starts with you know the the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of the questions you're asking yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, am I willing to ask myself some of the bigger questions? Yeah, because that's going to inform a lot of this. Yeah, who am I? Why am I here? What am I here for? Yeah, 
what does purpose mean to me how am i showing up you know so some some simple stuff there where just five minutes just reflecting asking some questions yeah five minutes of silence getting into nature getting into the local park you know really noticing your thoughts yeah i relate those right and i think it takes a level of humility and something I tell to some of my guys that can be really helpful because of technology is either, or ideally both, start tracking your calorie output, start tracking your exercise or your steps. A lot of products do that now. or And start tracking your calorie input, start tracking what you eat. Because yep. just seeing that, just getting that data and being like, where am I physically in just this like energy input output system? Where am I? might be humbling for a lot of guys, but it's a really good place to start just to start to like interact with reality as it is versus the image and maybe fantasy we have about ourselves. Yeah. And again, it's that distraction to presence, isn't it? So much of life is distracting ourselves from the inability to be present with the moment, you know, with our feelings, you know, with our situation. Um, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking the pre-show, you talked about kind of this flow between um, connection, commitment, and context. So I want to give you a chance to talk about that during during this show to our listeners. So I think it's a really valuable framework for our guys to hear. Mm. Yeah. And again, you know, it comes from my own personal experience, the, you know, layers of the, the hero's journey. So, and, you know, it's not all linear, as you know, this is a spiral, you know, self-awareness, self-development. Yet one of the keys is, again, I've mentioned it many, many times, is connection. And it's connection with self, again, which we've touched on. And, you know, my personal experience, so in my late 20s, I went into the into the woods yeah, on my own. You know, my wife was very supportive. She had the children. And I just went for a couple of weeks, you know, hiking, reflecting. And it was a life-changing experience because I found myself again. I'd lost myself. You know, in my 20s, I was a lawyer, children, married, and I just lost touch with my true self. So really encourage any of the listeners. And again, I just think nature, you know, if you can, if you can find time to get away, you know, be in solitude, be in silence, you know, just find a way to connect with yourself. And then what happened for me several years after that was I realized that as men, true freedom comes from true commitment. Uh Yep, And it's a paradox because we don't fully understand commitment. Yeah, commitment is... I choose to have no more choice. What I realized is even though I had a deepest uh, connection with myself, I hadn't fully committed to the hero's journey. I was still sitting on the fence. It was like, yeah, it's interesting. I'll read a few books, do a podcast, maybe do a bit of yoga now and again. And there was a time in my late 30s where I just committed to my practice. I just really went, I'm choosing to have no more choice. One of the best bits of advice I got from one of my yoga teachers, she said, just do one pose a day. Yeah. So any of the listeners, the hardest thing with yoga is getting to the yoga mat. Yeah. It's the same with getting to your meditation husk. Yeah. And so that commitment, I just went, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to this. I'm not sitting on the fence anymore. And that was a game changer. So connecting with myself, committing to living, yeah, that, you know, my practice, living the hero's journey. And then the third was context. So context gives meaning to content to our life. Yeah. And we're always operating context. But one of the questions I'd ask the listeners is, what's the context of your life? Are you living a purpose-led life? 
Are you living a life where you are the author of your life? You are the hero in your journey. And for me, the big shift there, Mark, was the contextual shift was I realized that I create the whole of my own reality. Yeah, I took 100% radical responsibility for my life. I stopped playing the victim. I stopped playing the black, not all the time, obviously, but, you know, it, and that became the context of my life and still is. Yeah, so I connected with myself. I committed to my practice and, and the journey. And then the context of my life was 100% responsibility. This is my life. And any of the listeners, you know, you'll come to this your own way. And any of those that are really embracing the hero's journey, they were three really important anchors for me on the journey. Does that does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah, I really like all of that. I mean, I think just to kind of dovetail, I mean, the connection piece is huge. I love to talk about nature. I do use a lot of that in my own personal life and in my practice. And the way I think about that is it's so important for men to have places where we have no role right? Where we're not a father, we're not a husband, we're not a worker, we're not a boss, we're not a leader, we're not nothing, we're just Bodhi, right? Or we're just Mark. And I think for me, nature and solitude is the best way to do that. Um, you know, for guys out there, if you don't, you know, not a confident hiker, a backpacker, like just get an Airbnb, just like go rent an Airbnb somewhere somewhat remote, an hour or two away from your house and stay there for a week and don't talk to anybody. No technology, yep. <laughs> right? That's crazy. Like, see what see what yeah. that brings up when you really take off all those masks and you're just you again, maybe for the first time ever, right? It might be the first time ever where you feel like you're just you and you don't have responsibility for a moment, right? You don't have those. Um, and com commitment's huge, right? Like, I love that you say it's choosing to not have choice. I, I hadn't heard that way before. And I'm going to steal that. Um, <laughs> but but I, I do think, like, when you look at ancient masculine stories, right, like oaths and vows and promises and dependability are weaved all throughout that. And I think like men, we get stronger when we can make promises and when we can keep promises, especially to ourselves first and foremost, and then to our community and loved ones. So this idea of like, what do you vow to do? What oath are you really taking that will define your life? You think of like, I mean, you mentioned the knights, right? The knightly orders or samurai Bushido, right? Like this idea of like really swearing yourself to something larger than yourself is I think such a, a primal masculine thing to do. And I think it's something that's really lost now. Um, and then, yeah, the last piece of context, you know, I, again, just really love what you're saying around taking responsibility for your life, because that's a big one, especially the stuff that isn't your fault. You know, mm -hmm. like we're all born with a certain deck of cards and we got some good cards and we got some bad cards, but at some part we get to put cards in our deck and take cards out, right? We get to do that inner work. And that, like you said, the cleanup work to really like refine our deck to play the best game that we can. And I think like being that victim mentality is maybe the ultimate form of masculinity, right? Of really being like a leader and a hero and not a victim and being like someone that can give to their community and that has a gift to give. So yes, that all made sense. And I, I really, really <laughs> enjoyed um, that that framework because I think it, it gets, paves a pathway for men to become heroes in their own lives. Yeah, and I think that the context piece, as you say, when you take 100% responsibility for your life, Whatever's presenting in your life, whatever challenge, whatever fear, whatever resistance, remember, yeah, the fear isn't in the way. The fear is the way. If, if you're willing to lean in to whatever challenges there are, do the work, do the exploration, take 100% responsibility, yeah, then that clears the hero's path. 
that's the obstacle to clear. Yeah, and you keep doing that literally like the mists of Avalon, the bridge, the purpose will reveal itself. Yeah, and you'll start to live our true desire, which is freedom. Yeah, freedom and flow is our natural state. Yeah, yeah. that's available if you're willing just to lean in. I love that you bring that up, and it makes me think of some of the um, work by Jocko Willick, right, who does the Navy SEAL stuff. And what he says is that it's not that Navy SEALs are never afraid. It's that they can operate while afraid. And I think men need to hear that. We're like, the fear isn't going anywhere. In fact, it's probably going to increase because you're going to do harder stuff and stuff that has higher stakes if the more successful. But it is about operating through fear and while being afraid and not losing your shit, right? Like being able to stay present, stay rational, stay calm, be able to make those ethical decisions when the fire is hot. Um, mm. So yeah, there's a lot of overlap between us, us Bodhi. I'm curious, like you talk about small steps. So what are some small small steps that men listening right now can take when they're done listening to the podcast, something they can do immediately and take away with them. Yeah. Well, one of the giveaways in the show notes, uh, I've put together a mini course and some meditation. So it's www.freeminicourse.com. So encourage anybody who kind of wants, it's very simple, two, three minute meditations and some videos and a little course around freedom and flow. Uh, so that's a, that's a good kickoff. Uh, one of the one of the great things I suggest, and I think it came from the work of Joe Dispenza, who's you know really doing some incredible work. Um, if you want to take a small step, one of the key things, one of the ways to train the mind is to train the body. And what I what I say is that if you've got somewhere in your house or apartment where you can sit quietly for five or ten minutes without any distractions, without your phone, without, you know, the family. If you're willing to do that and train your body to just sit like you would train a dog, just sit, just sit, yeah, your mind will kick and scream like a wild horse. Yeah, the monkey mind will go, will go. But our thinking mind, it's like a really fast train. Yeah, if you want to slow a fast train, you don't jump in front of it. Yeah, you just got to slow it down. So just sit, train your body. Everybody, I would say, can find somewhere to just sit with no distractions. Yeah, if you're willing to do that for a couple of weeks, your mind will start to calm down. You will get more present with yourself. You will start to connect deeper with yourself. It's a game changer. Something as simple as that. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, I have a. a background in Buddhism. And you will learn this thing that I'll tell you, and you might not feel, is that you are not your thoughts, right? That is one of the first most powerful insights to any kind of mind-body practice that you're talking about, Bodhi, right? This idea that like, we are not our thoughts, and some of our thoughts are random, and some of our thoughts are crazy, and some of our thoughts are weird, and they're not us. And the moment I really, truly felt that, I was free. Mm. Because I yeah, wasn't a slave to just my, you know, neurons going crazy, right? Like yeah, I, I yeah. realized I was more than that. Yeah, and the piece I'd add to that is we're not our feelings either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so feelings and emotions. Feelings aren't facts. Yeah, the emotion, yeah, is just energy and motion. It's giving you information, but we attach it to an old story particularly our little boys, our wounded little boys. Yeah, we get defensive, you know. The fundamental defense is I'm not good enough. As you mentioned earlier, I'm not valuable and lovable. That's that's what our little boys experienced. And so, yeah, I love that thought. We're not our thoughts and we're not our feelings. Yeah. 
And if we're not those, then we have to be something much greater. So yes, that's right. <laughs> that's the journey. Find right? out what that is. Connect with that in yourself. It's a game changer. Yeah. So we do have to wrap up here, Bodhi. I think there's another episode in our future. Um, <laughs> yep. But as we're at our time, I'd love to let people know where can they find you online, uh, learn about your courses and your work and your book. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so www.bodhialdridge.com. Um, the book's there. The podcast is True Freedom on all the normal podcast outlets plus on on there. And the free mini course again, yep, www.freeminicourse.com. And that's about freedom and flow. So, yeah, thank you. And for the listeners, yeah, have a look. There's plenty of information on the website, plenty of podcasts I've done. If you want to start diving into this work, the hero's journey, feel free as well. Any, If this resonates with any of the listeners, if you feel the call, then through the website you can book a, a complimentary alignment call with me. I can just see where you're at and maybe guide you to what may be next for you. Yeah, definitely do that. I think all those offerings are phenomenal. And yeah, listeners, definitely chat with Bodhi if you feel, if his words speak with you, right? Because mm. there are many teachers and it's worth going with the one that, you know, you start to kind of resonate with um, how they speak. Yeah. So all that stuff will be in the show notes. You'll be able to just click there. Um, and yeah, I think that's about our show. So if you really enjoyed it, definitely post on social media, share it, send to somebody who you think needs to hear this as well. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple. Well, we're doing actually pretty good building those out. So thank you listeners. Any more of that is really helpful for getting these, this message out. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Men's Therapy Podcast. Thank you for joining your host, Mark Agile on the Men's Therapy Podcast. Be sure to tune in again live next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and anywhere podcasts are found. To support the show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information or to apply to be a guest, visit www.menstherapypodcast.com.